Good morning. Welcome to Church of the Palms. My name is Lynn White, and I serve as an elder here at the church. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. As we prepare for worship, let us bow our heads in prayer. Come, O Holy Spirit. Come as holy fire and burn in us. Come as holy wind and cleanse us within. Come as holy light and lead us in the darkness. Come as holy truth and dispel our ignorance. Come as holy power and enable our weakness. Come as holy life and dwell in us. Convict us, convert us, consecrate us until we are set free from the service of ourselves to be your servants to the world. Now, as we worship together, may our hearts receive his Holy Spirit, our ears listen to his word, and our voices be raised in praise to the glory of God.
Will you please stand for the call to worship? It is good to sing praises to your name, O Most High, to give thanks to the Lord, to declare your steadfast love in the morning and your faithfulness by night. For you, O Lord, have made me glad by your work. At the works of your hands, I will sing for joy. Let us worship God. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on Christ the iniquity of us all. Let us return to God's ways with all our heart, confess our sins, and receive his tender mercy, forgiveness, and healing so that we can begin anew. Let us pray. 
Merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart and mind and strength. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. In your mercy, forgive what we have been. Help us amend what we are and direct what we shall be so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. In Jesus' name, amen. The love and mercy of God is from everlasting to everlasting. I declare to you in the name of Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. And now what does the Lord require of us? To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with our God. Friends, believe the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Let us now boldly state what we believe using the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And now we invite you in the love of Christ to turn and greet your neighbors.
Good morning. Welcome to worship here at Church of the Palms. We're thankful that in the midst of the heat, we can escape into the cold, uh, but hopefully find uh, the warmth of the spirit in our midst and grateful that uh, we can be together and that we can be worshiping God, which is of course the center point of life when we bring ourselves before the throne of grace and give thanks to the good Lord for his creation and for his redemption. We pray that you will find this to be a chance for you to maybe meet some new people and we would love for you to fill out the friendship pads and use those to put name and face together and hopefully you can uh, have a conversation with somebody that you haven't yet had the chance to have a conversation with and we would always invite you to stay afterwards underneath our big oak tree out there uh, for a little time of refreshment and a chance to uh, not only get together with people you already know but also perhaps to meet some new friends. We uh, also invite you today, after you've had uh, your nourishment underneath the tree, uh, to go over to the Bloodmobile and um, provide that very precious gift for those who may uh, need it maybe as recently as this coming week. So we hope that you'll uh, use that as an opportunity to give. And uh, we have uh, within our fellowship always opportunities to give, and this week we will be sending off another mission trip. Our high school kids will be going to Urban Serve up in Atlanta, so keep them in your prayers. Many of you have been supporting our students uh, in their mission endeavors, and we're grateful that they will be heading off into uh, a new opportunity to serve our Lord and to serve our neighbor. We uh, welcome back the Sarasota Young Voices who returned this weekend. Welcome back, Jonathan, it's good to have you here. Uh, he left Genevieve behind, so, uh, uh, but she remains there for some study over in England and will be back this uh, coming week. We're grateful to have Beth Hill with us today and leading our choir and thankful for uh, her ministry as well. Uh, but Day of Hope comes up in a couple of weeks and uh, many of you can keep uh, their uh, efforts in your prayers. Many of you are already volunteering. Uh, there are still yet opportunities to volunteer. We're just uh, uh, a few volunteers shy of having a full complement of people who will be able to walk families around. As we've been sharing with you, we have uh, up to 265 children and their families who will be supporting as uh, they get ready for school. So come and join us for that on the 23rd of July. And then the next day, the 24th, we will be host, uh, our campus will be hosting three families, three families who are homeless and need uh, temporary shelter. They'll be staying with us and uh, under the guise of Family Promise. And so we would love for you to help us with that. Both opportunities are available underneath the tree for you uh, to learn about and perhaps to participate in. Let's continue our worship.
Let us pray. Our most loving and gracious God, we praise you for your abundant, steadfast love given to all without partiality or prejudice. We give thanks that you are the God who is always just. We thank you for calling us as your children to give justice for the most oppressed and right to the lowly. Merciful God, we grieve the victims of the violence of this last week. We pray for all victims of violence and injustice and racism, not only here in our home, but all around the world. We pray for those who experience repeated prejudicial treatment. We pray for police everywhere whose duty of safety and peace takes them into danger. Be with the families and friends and communities of all that have died. In your mercy, give your peace and raise up justice, we pray. Help us as a church and as citizens to find ways to move our nation toward being a society where everyone is respected and protected, we pray. Bless the ministries of this church as we serve our community in your name, Give your healing grace to those who are sick. Be with those who are grieving and lonely and confused, we pray. Grant us the hope of your saving action and the joy of the new heaven and new earth you are creating, we pray. We remember and pray for those who travel far away from us, and we thank you for bringing back those who travel and return home safely to us. Now we bring all our prayers, spoken and unspoken, to you in the name of our Lord Jesus, who taught us to pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. God does provide for what we need every day. And most of the time, God even give us beyond what we need, but what we want. Let us take the privilege of this moment to give back to God a token of our love in offerings and tithings.
Let us pray. We love you, O God, for you have loved us first. We give you thanks for all the blessings we received from you every day. In this moment in worship, we come with these offerings of our tithings and ourselves and our prayers. We pray that you'll receive them and use them to father the kingdom of God and to make this abundance to all those who need it and your grace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please be seated as Carol and our children come forward. Hello.
You may be seated. On the back of your bulletin, you will notice a little chart there that uh, helps you to see the progress that is being made as we make our way closer and closer to the time when we will be breaking ground for our new Palm Center south of our sanctuary here. Just a couple weeks ago, the session uh, contracted with our construction manager, John F. Swift Construction Company, that will be overseeing the project, and we're still Looking forward to breaking ground uh, in January of this next year, 2017. You'll also notice in the back of the bulletin that we are making progress toward our congregational challenge. You will recall that on May 22nd, we announced a total of $4,469,500 to uh, achieve the goal of being able to move ahead with our Palm Center, but with that came a challenge to the congregation for us to go that extra $300,000, and we have made progress so far of $95,000. We hope that by the time we break ground, we will have met that challenge and that we will be able to not only supply the needs for the new building, but also to supply the needs for our present campus as we take care of deferred maintenance items uh, that are always uh, present for us. So we hope that you will Keep that in your mind and your prayers and in your generosity decisions as uh, we move forward into this coming year. As we make our way through the summer, many of you are certainly aware that we are reflecting on the Psalms, the uh, great book of Psalms in the center of our Bible, and taking the Psalms that are suggested from the Common Lectionary as our guide toward understanding the prayers of Israel over the course of this summer. And today we find ourselves in Psalm 82. So hear the word of God as it comes to us from Psalm 82. God has taken his place in the divine council. In the midst of the gods, he holds judgment. How long will you judge unjustly and show partiality to the wicked? Give justice to the weak and the orphan. Maintain the right of the lowly and the destitute. Rescue the weak and the needy. Deliver them from the hand of the wicked. They have neither knowledge nor understanding. They walk around in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are shaken. I say, you are gods, children of the Most High, all of you. Nevertheless, you shall die like mortals and fall like any prince. Rise up, O God, judge the earth, for all the nations belong to you. And then this second text that comes to us from the Gospels, the Gospel of Luke, the 18th chapter, beginning at the ninth verse. Jesus also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and regarded others with contempt. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, was praying thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, thieves, rogues, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of all my income. The tax collector, standing far off, would not even look up to heaven, but was beating his breast and saying, God, 
be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his home justified rather than the other. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled, but all who humble themselves will be exalted. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. By your grace and through your mercy, we pray, O Lord, that you will allow these words to come to somehow point to the word just read and to the word made flesh in Jesus the Christ. For we pray this in his name. Amen. One of the most deeply personal and most deeply mysterious and most deeply powerful things that you and I do as people of faith is pray. Each day, each week, each month, we find ourselves in that moment when we open a space in our lives for some kind of time with the transcendent. For some of us, this is a daily ritual that you can almost set your clock by. For others, this is a weekly moment, perhaps when we are responding to something that's happening around us or within us. For others, this is maybe more of a casual conversation with the imminent friend we have in Jesus. For others, there is this list that you have, not unlike the list that's printed in our bulletin, this personal list of prayer requests that you take with you into your time with God, names of people that you want to offer to God for his help. However you choose to pray, prayer is this sacred moment of connection with the Creator that in one way or another expresses the deep, within. When Jesus told the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector, he was in part getting, I believe, to this deeply personal moment of expression. The Pharisee, in his prayer, expresses his pride and his position, kind of reminding God how, go how good God has it that the Pharisee is on his team. The tax collector looks deep within and finds something different. He finds a certain level of shame and remorse and expresses a deep yearning for the mercy of God. And maybe in part through this story, Jesus is saying, you are what you pray. You are what you pray. We've been saying this summer that the Psalms, this prayer book of the Bible, is this collection of a variety of prayers that capture the expressions of the people of Israel. Some prayers are prayers of praise, some are prayers of lament, some are prayers of intercession, some are prayers for help, some are prayers of petition, some are prayers of confession. Each of them, this deeply personal, deeply mysterious, deeply powerful expression to God, you are what you pray. This is a part of what prayer is. It identifies kind of where you are, who you are, who you are in the moment. You are what you pray. 
The other part of what prayer is, beyond this expression of who we are, is if we allow it to be, prayer is the discovery of who God is. Prayer can be that time when we not only tell God who we are, but we allow God to tell us who God is. And the Psalms are wonderful tools to help us to discover through the prayers of Israel, the nature and the character of God. And in learning the nature and the character of God, we then open ourselves perhaps by the power of the Holy Spirit to become more and more the likeness of God. You are what you pray, you are expressing yourself to God, and you are becoming what you pray in letting the character and nature of God form you through the power of the Spirit. The Pharisee, thinking that God was some kind of American idol judge, prayed his performance prayer and became, as a result of that prayer, perhaps more and more prideful and arrogant and insensitive. The tax collector, thinking that God was a holy and perhaps merciful God, prayed his prayer of confession with the hope of being forgiven and perhaps became, as a result of his prayers, a new creation of grace. You are what you pray and you are becoming what you pray. In the fall of 1960, a federal judge ordered that the white schools of New Orleans were to admit children of color. Though it was six years since Brown versus the Board of Education, it was, this was still a somewhat radical order in the segregated South. On November 14th, four elementary age African-American children walked to their new school for the first time. Three of them to one building one of them to another. The sidewalks leading up to both schools were lined with angry racist parents and their screaming children, every, screaming every vile and abusive word they knew. The school buildings themselves were completely empty, boycotted entirely by the white students and their families. One of the new students, the one who was attending her new school all alone, was a six-year-old girl named Ruby Bridges. And every day, Ruby, like the others, would be subject to this chorus of hate. And one day, as she approached the school door in the midst of the jeering mob, Ruby paused and appeared to be talking with these angry people. When she got into the school building, her teacher, who had witnessed this from the window of their classroom, asked Ruby what she had said to the people. Ruby replied, nothing. Well, no, Ruby, I, I was watching and it looked like you were talking to them. Oh, I wasn't talking to them. I was praying. What were you praying, Ruby? Oh, she said, I was praying for them. Robert Coles, the Harvard psychiatrist who spent the first year of Ruby's schooling counseling her, asked her, what had possessed her to pray for these people who were screaming epithets and threatening her with harm. She said that that's what she did with her mommy every night. She prayed for the people because they seemed to be people needing to be prayed for. 
she said that on Sunday morning, the preacher prayed for them too. You become what you pray. So this morning, the psalmist in Psalm 82 provides us a prayer through which to meditate upon the nature and character of God. This is not a prayer of expression. This is a prayer of meditation, a prayer through which to ponder the nature of God in order by the power of the Spirit to become more like God. In this prayer, God is at the judge's bench and brought before him are all the gods of the earth. This this pantheon of gods are brought before the God of Israel and so they come into Yahweh's court and Yahweh in this psalm pronounces judgment. How long, he says, will you judge unjustly and show partiality to the wicked? And then God says, if there is any such as justice, it is this. Justice is for the weak and the orphan, the lowly and the destitute, the weak and the needy. Give justice to the weak and the orphan, maintain the right of the lowly and the destitute, rescue the weak and the needy. This was Israel's meditative prayer inside Yahweh's courtroom. It's justice for the weak and the orphan. It's justice for the lowly and the destitute. It's justice for the weak and the needy. This is the gift that the psalmist gives the praying people of God, this this image of God through which we, by the power of the Holy Spirit, might be changed. God, in invites us into his chambers and invites us to see the world as he sees it. This is what I'm looking for, God says, justice. Justice not just for you, justice for the weak and the orphan, for the lowly and the destitute, for the weak and the needy. This is the God the psalmist invites us to pray to, and after a while, you become what you pray. Abraham Joshua Heschel, the great Jewish scholar, said this about prayer, to pray is to bring God back into the world to establish his kingship, if only for a second. Do you have any idea what it might mean for you and me if we disciplined ourselves to establish God's kingship in this world, if only for a second, if prayer for us were a becoming? You remember the story that Jesus told about the sheep and the goats and the, and the final judgment, the Son of Man and all his angels come and they gather up around the throne and the Son of Man is there to separate the sheep and the goats and, and now's the, finally the time to see what God was really all about, what really matters to the judge and the sheep get separated from the goats and what matters to the judge, what we could have always been meditating upon, what we could have always been becoming, what was always on the mind of God as the judge was that his people would would see the hungry and feed them, that his people would see the thirsty and give them something to drink, see the stranger and welcome them, see the naked and give them clothing, see the sick and take care of them, see the prisoner and visit them. This was always in the heart of God. This was what the kingdom was about. Now, I don't know about you, but I do know for me that there is this thing in me that wants to make the world about me. 
I hate this thing in me that wants to make my religion about me. I have this thing in me that wants to make my prayers about me, expressions just of me, the kind of, you know, God get with my program kind of prayer. Kind of like this gravitational pull that insists that God get drawn into my world, not the world, my world, that in my prayers, I want to make sure God understands me, and I'm not so sure I want to understand God. Being, but not becoming. And with this self-absorption comes a kind of settling. Settling with the world as it is. Settling with me as I am. And as long as I get my share, well then maybe someday I'll think about everybody else's share. No real prompt to do anything about anything. This past week, we lost Eli Wiesel, the great prophet and survivor of the Holocaust, whose mission it was that we never forget, we never forget the Holocaust. To insist that we remember that in every age, there are the oppressed, there are the weak, there are the orphans, the lowly, and the destitute. The opposite of love, Wiesel often said, is not hate, it is indifference. And maybe along with that tax collector who's beating his breast, it should be our constant reminder how prone we are to think that justice is something that maybe, maybe, maybe I'll get to after I get mine. It has been told that once upon a time, the devil himself held counsel with all the emissaries from hell and he told them, that he wanted to send one of them to earth to bring about the ruination of the souls of men and women. And he asked who would volunteer. And one creature came forward and said, I will go. And Satan said, if I send you, what will you tell the children of earth to ruin their souls? And the creature said, I will tell the children of earth that there is no heaven. And Satan said, all oh, they won't believe you, for in every human heart there is a longing for heaven and a hope that good will triumph over evil. No, you may not go. Then another creature came forward, more foul than the first, and Satan said, if I send you, what will you tell the children of earth to ruin their souls? And the creature said, I will tell them that there is no hell. And Satan looked at him and said, oh, they won't believe you, for in every human heart there is a conscience and an instinctive sense that not only will good prevail, but that evil will someday be punished. You may not go. And then one last creature came forward, this one from the darkest place of all, and Satan said to him, and if I send you, what will you say to women and men to aid them in the ruination of their souls? And the creature said, I will tell them that there is no hurry. And Satan said, go. Do you know the name Barbara Henry? You're not supposed to know that name. Back in 1960, when the word came that little six-year-old Ruby Bridges would be attending the William France Elementary School not only did all the children of that school and their families boycott and vacate the building, but so did all the teachers, all the teachers except one, Barbara Henry. 
Barbara Henry said, let me teach Ruby Bridges. Let me walk through that same line of hate every morning so that I can teach this little six-year-old girl. And for a year, all by themselves in a classroom, one teacher, one student, Ruby and Barbara had class together. Years later, Ruby Bridges said, Miss Henry was the nicest teacher I ever had. Tell them that there is no hurry. The world is not as it should be. We all know that. Certainly after this past week, we all know that. Folks are sick and hungry, naked, alone, grieving, in prison. The world is not as it should be. Two weeks from now, we will be taking care of 265 kids, homeless or nearly homeless, who need help getting ready for school. The following week, we will be hosting three families who don't have a home. They tell me they need volunteers over at the food pantry. They tell me that we'll be needing some tutors starting in September. They tell me they need some folks to help read to kids over in the Early Childhood Center. They tell me that they could still use some support to send our kids to Nicaragua and Atlanta. It all matters. Every little bit of it matters. Every life matters. When words, said Edie Wiesel, when words bring you closer to the prisoner, to the patient, to the starving child, then this is prayer. Give justice to the weak and the orphan. Maintain the right of the lowly and the destitute. Rescue the weak and the needy. If not you, who? If not now, when? For we become what we pray.
Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with you now and forevermore. Amen. Thank you.